Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. Well, hey, Young Adults Today podcast listeners, we're recording over Zoom, not in the studio this time, and we're just pausing normal broadcast, if you will, normal episodes, and we want to just offer a special episode mm-hmm. called the Coronavirus Conversation or COVID Conversation and just have a candid off-script conversation um, that we want to serve and we want to resource you guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm joined here with Micah, like always. Yeah. And we've been talking and texting and Zoom calling with Brent Silkey. He's a repeat guest, the first repeat guest on the podcast. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and Brent, um, we're here. And just talk about this time in history for a second, if you will. Yeah. My friend Jarvis Glanzer is an amazing leader and church planter in Stillwater, Minnesota. And he talks about the idea that for the first time, maybe in human history, the playing field has been leveled across the board. The CEO is asking the same questions as the pastor. The pastor is asking the same questions as maybe the doctor or the teacher, the person who works in a manufacturing plant. We're all asking the same questions. What's going to happen here? How do I navigate the uncertainty? How does faith fit into all of this? And in terms of where we are today in an ever-changing world, what we have to offer as young adult pastors, college pastors, and leaders is we have the most stable ground that we can possibly stand on as human beings in Christ, the rock. And so I think this is an important conversation. Mike and Josiah, thank you guys for making space for these conversations, for these leaders, because I believe that we're all asking the same questions. How do we connect? How do we lead through this? And when we feel uncertain or unstable in our own families, our own lives, how do we then lead other people through that same thing on a global stage, on a community stage, on a local stage, and in our, within our homes? So I think it's such an important conversation today. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful reminder that it's equal playing ground. And one thing that we just want to kick off the episode with is just say it as a disclaimer, we are not professionals. We do not have all the answers, but we still want to be a resource to any listener. And we want to hear from you. So if you're a young adult pastor and you're involved um, with a big church, small church, I mean, anything in between, it doesn't matter. We know that you have something to say. Um, whether it's a fun new approach to offer our listeners, if it's something encouraging, if it's a Bible verse, if it's something that God's just kind of downloaded to you. So as a disclaimer, and as leaders and pastors that we are in this together and that we don't have all the answers, but we want to be the light in all the dark places. And this seems to be a very challenging time for so many. And also just for our listeners and just a reminder that We also just want to recognize and just remember that this is a sensitive time, that there are many lives that are being um, taken. There are many sick, there are many healing, and just we've been praying specifically for individuals who have lost a loved one because they haven't had that closure yet. You know, we're not holding services, we're not having funerals, and not doing all that. So we just want to um, just recognize that there is sensitive information. It's just not about the fun emojis or the fun little gimmicks that come come along with it. But this is a real thing that people's lives um, have been taken. People's lives are at stake, but there's also many blessings in that process. And we want to focus on the blessings today of what God is doing and how we can equip our students, uh, how we can come alongside each other as leaders, and also recognize that God is still in control. No matter what, he is still in control. And so that's just kind of what we want to focus on today is just kind of bringing forth 
the awareness that God is still moving on and through his people and on and through the world. So even though it may not feel like it, he is closer than we know. So, And I think that it's so important to just start where we're at and acknowledge where we're at at the time of recording this. It's Thursday, March 26, 1.30 p.m. Central Time. And every day there's new changes, there's new challenges. And so I just throw that in, like that's at the exact time that we're recording this. And we just want to honor the authority of mm -hmm. the United States. We have probably a majority of the listeners in America. So we look at what the federal government is doing and we, we honor that. We look at, there's a lot of different listeners in different states and mm -hmm. our governor in Minnesota is going live every day with a new update. And so we'd encourage you to stay tuned with what the White House is saying, with what maybe your local governor is saying, and even your local pastors, your mm -hmm. local college campus um, or, or university campus presidents, and just come under the authority that, that we operate under. And at the same time, I recognize that over the past two weeks, our world looks different. So we pick up the pieces and mm -hmm. start where we are. And I think of how my phone rang, you know, 10 days ago and one of our students said hey my job just closed our company for two months i gotta apply for unemployment and we got to pray together on the phone and we think of you know moms moms to be that are not having wedding showers because or, or i guess showers. baby showers mm -hmm. I'm, I'm new with showers but they're not having <laughs> baby showers because this is just where our world is at so everything is changing and we just want to acknowledge where we're at but at the same time Brent, something you said right before we hit record is that obstacles can also be incredible opportunities. And we want to highlight some of those opportunities. So Brent, can you just talk about St. Paul and Minnesota and just college campuses, your campus that you're seeing with Kaiosa and other young adult ministries that you've seen? What are some approaches you're taking to remain in contact with students, um, to not lose momentum? And also, you know, how are you pivoting? How are you adapting to these changing times to still stay connected and offer yeah. hope, offer a resource and encouragement to students and young adults? Yeah, no, those are great questions. Uh, for right now, I think most, pretty much every campus in America at this current time, they're doing online classes. So they completely have switched platforms from in-person uh, physically to being completely, you know, using Zoom or something online. And so as a result, um, our campus is still technically open for you know, some of our international students who, can't, who literally can't go home at this point. Right. Um, but for the most part, it's inactive. And I think that that presents interesting challenges for a group like ours where we meet on campus and we have our services on our small groups and all those things on campus. So we've kind of taken uh, a little bit of, the, of um, the direction from our school. And if they're going online, we're going online. Yeah. And so we have our services live streamed every Wednesday night, still at seven o'clock um, on our social media. We have, we're actually live streaming on Facebook live, which is the least amount of viewers on Facebook. <laughs> uh, Instagram is probably our highest viewing rate. And then we have, we also do Zoom as well. And so one of the ways that we're engaging with students with service that I, we learned, I would say not the hard way, but we learned it in a way that they're like, no, like we, we want something different is we live streamed last two weeks ago for the first time on Wednesday. And after the service was done, I just basically closed my computer after we were done recording from Zoom. And I got a whole bunch of text messages like, Brent, we were still talking, we were mid-sentence. 
And so what they asked for was, could you start the recording on Zoom for our community like 10 minutes or 15 minutes before service? And then could you make someone else the host for it so that we can continue the, the conversation? I'm, I'm sure they spoke for hours after the service was done yesterday. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's one of the ways. And so we have purchased a year subscription to Zoom so that you can have more than, you know, however many users on at a time and you can record for longer than, or go long, longer than 40 minutes. <laughs> And so that has been a huge game changer for us. We're using Zoom for all of our small groups that meet throughout the week. And my wife um, and I, we've identified, at least for our context in St. Paul, the greatest need that they're expressing is for community as they're quarantined in their homes, as they're isolated and away with their parents at their parents' house, um, is they're like, man, we just want more community. We're so bored and we want community. So my wife said, well, I don't want to take away from any existing small groups, but I'll host a small group in addition to for the females. And so she had, we basically said, hey, if you want to be in this group, text Aliza, my wife, your address, and we will ship you a book that they're going through. Um, it's, it's, okay. it's, it's not supposed to be this way by Aliza Turkhurst. And so they're going through that book. So we shipped like 20 books out and they're starting on Sunday. And these girls are already in a small group, but we're, yep. we're seeing the need of additional small groups, additional community needed. So she's engaging them in additional community that way. So they'll each read a chapter, they'll discuss it. And then what we're going to do on Zoom, another technology win, is break into smaller groups within yeah. Zoom. Yeah, so breakout groups. Breakout groups, yep. yep. So that's, th those are some of the things that we're doing. Um, I think uh, right now it's, it's really interesting because we're going super tech heavy right? Everyone's, there's more screen time right now than ever before in human history, which is crazy. So that, and you kind of have in, in a sense, a captive audience. So I've seen more churches, more ministries go live on Facebook, live on Instagram, that kind of thing than ever before. But I also want to say on the other side of the spectrum, this is a place where we're leaning in that I don't know if, if everyone's thinking this way. Um, I went to the mailbox and I'm like, I can't wait to get mail. Just like, just outside contact. So I sent, we use GroupMe for our group chat for our students for real-time mm -hmm. updates. And I said, hey, if anyone, I said, I think we all need a pick-me-up right now. If you would like a pick-me-up, I will mail you a pick-me-up if you just um, send me a message with your address. And so we decided that it'd be really fun. Like, what would they need? So we, we're sending every female student of ours this really cool prayer journal from Amazon. And it's like, you know, it's, it's a nice prayer journal. Uh, and it's also cost-effective. So every single, I'm getting all the Amazon updates right now they're getting them today all these journals have gone out for guys we got them this like like a man's soap journal like the soap mm -hmm. Bible reading strategy so we're shipping them all journals and then we're like man pick me up is fun it's got to be fun so we got this kinetic sand that you can like play with and like do whatever and so we're sending every one of our students kinetic sand in a prayer journal <laughs> and so it's leaning into technology but then also leaning into the snail mail or the delivery service type of things uh, just, just to be, just to add value and add blessing to our students' lives in, in this current situation. That's amazing. I think one thing that I was thinking as well, Brent, is like that snail mail. I was like, they need to get like encouraging COVID cards, meaning that I just want to send them encouraging <laughs> uh, postcard or like exactly like you said, we're going back in time, whether we yeah. realize it or not. <laughs> yeah, because in some ways we fast forward a time where everything's virtual, like even right. doctor appointments. And, but then I'm like, well, but if everyone's going virtual, how can we use what was like way, way old school to be something that could be even more relevant today than it was originally? Right. So I think it's kind of a fun, a fun way right. to integrate both sides of the spectrum there. 
Right. I think creativity is an awesome opportunity for us to step into. And there's so many um, young adults in this generation that are creatives, you know, so to get and receive some of those things mm -hmm. is probably just such a blessing to them. And you had said something earlier about um, community is the number one thing that they are desiring. And in, in that, we also experienced, at least at our campus, is they've expressed, they're like, I'm lonely. I'm yeah. home. I'm with my family, but I'm in my bedroom 24-7. Yes. So we've just been really encouraging um, our students to, to stay connected, like you said, everything that you've been doing. But we've also um, started, at least the girls have started like a Marco Polo video where to stay in, stay in communication with each other. I'm like, you guys, it doesn't even have to be about the Bible. It doesn't even have to be about sharing an encouraging word. Just share what you're doing today. Are you working on a project? Are you painting something? Like bring us into your life. And we've seen yeah. some fun things happen through that. And even during this time to celebrate, I received a couple of texts from two of our girls that are in um, or applied for the education program on our campus. And they got their letter in the mail and they're, they're just tickled pink that they um, both got accepted. So it's like they're wanting to celebrate. They want mm -hmm. to have that community. And so I think we're seeing that same thing on our campus and just utilizing technology as much as we can. Yeah. And also individualizing it. It depends on how big your campus probably is and ours I think is still relatively small enough to you know do a Marco Polo for every single girl at least once a week I'm able to mm -hmm. do that so yeah Josiah is there anything else that you're seeing um, students needing the most during this time yeah I think the needs just get amplified the the pre-existing needs yeah. it's almost like just turbocharged and what I mean by that is we know that anxiety depression loneliness worry um, loneliness, these are all needs that existed before COVID-19, but they're being amplified as jobs are on hold. Yeah. University classes go online, churches go live stream, and everything's adapting every day. And so what we noticed is there were students who hadn't come to our online or our in-person gatherings all semester. They were fall semester very That's involved. Right. And we had a few mm. students jump on our, our weekly gatherings on Zoom. And our small groups, and not only do they participate, they're like, my excuses are removed, but I'm having kind of social anxiety, but I need interaction. And I, some of the students are, are immunocompromised, so they're home, and they need to stay home, and now we're all being asked to stay home. But I just look at those needs. Students are really saying, like, we want to interact with other people, and so... Yeah. We've noticed like anytime I've texted a student, I've gotten a reply. They're available. 100%. Anytime I've called a student, they've picked up. Anytime <laughs> I've done a one-on-one -on -one FaceTime, they've said thank you. So mm -hmm. yes, the, the live streams, yes, Zoom groups, but even personally letting students know, here's a thought for you. Here's a text for yeah. you that's not to everyone, but just an individualized. I think it means you know, so much like Brent, way to go sending the cards, sending yeah. the, the gifts, sending the journals and books. And so I just look at like, prayerfully, we can meet needs that have never been met before that are not being met. Like, like even prayer, there's been many opportunities for us to minister through prayer right. that we probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. So, there's an openness right now. That's like unprecedented. There's an openness because people are searching for hope. I mean, we're, we're, we did a pivot for our uh, sermon series, even we're, we're doing a one called hope in the darkness. 
Mm. And I feel like we're kind of in our world stage in the darkness. And there are those of us that do have the hope of Christ. And more than ever before, especially now that churches probably aren't going to be open, opening their doors for Easter, first time ever yeah. since the resurrection, right? right. Uh, which is crazy. But there are, there's more live streaming options available than ever before. Yeah. And I think that there are people that you can host on, if you're old school like me and you do Facebook, you can do host a watch party. I hosted a watch party on Sunday for my church uh, that I'm a part of, I'm a member of. And there were like a hundred and some people, mm -hmm. 133 people that joined, that joined me on Sunday at some point during the service. And most of those people were people that I've never, ever seen step foot in our church before because the, it, the people are just open to that more often, more than they were before. I think one thing too that you guys had mentioned was mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife is a professional counselor, and so she's working from home, but she's using telehealth services uh, to do like virtual counseling. And I think it's really important for young adult leaders and pastors to know, but I think especially for those that we're ministering to, that there are so many clinics in the nation that have gone to telehealth services. Yeah. If a student, like you said, Josiah, if one of our young adults, if their mental health stuff is, is blowing up, they can still receive counseling services to help meet some of those, those very real needs that they have, especially when you consider job loss, mm -hmm. educational changes. And one of the things that I'm looking at is our student athletes had their season completely taken from them. For right. the we had a, a number of our student athletes that were literally at the indoor track and field championships. They traveled out of state on a plane to get there and they're standing on the track and they get the, they get the notice that the meet is canceled. Cha the championships. Right. Like the rug's been pulled out from under them. So my heart goes out to them. My heart also goes out to our seniors. Yep. They're in the final semester. They're looking at two and a half more months of school. They're looking at graduation. They're looking at celebrating the end of this time period in their life and going into full-blown adulthood. And it's been completely taken from them because of this virus. And I think one of the things that I saw one of our Chi Alpha staff from around the nation do that we're actually implementing this week is we're gonna be sending, I'm gonna send a personal message to every single one of our seniors. And I'm saying everyone who's ever been to Chi Alpha, not just the current attenders, but anyone's ever been to Chi Alpha who's a senior and just say, hey, this is a crazy unprecedented time. I'm so sorry that your senior final semester has been taken from you. We want to offer a three-week Zoom community for the seniors to help you process how do you navigate this, to help you grieve and to validate where you're at, and then to like send you out and bless you. And our, our plan is to actually invite them all, homecoming week is if they'd be there anyway, to come and be a part of our senior night that we would have had in the spring, in the fall, during homecoming. So they can be a part of all the stuff happening on campus, but then they can come and be a part of Chi Alpha. We can send them out with a blessing. We can pray for them. We can hear from them. And we're going to be uh, giving them each a gift just to say, we, we believe in you so strongly that we want to give you this to send you out in Jesus name. So that's kind of some of the things that we're leaning into that these opportunities wouldn't have been there if it weren't mm -hmm. for these challenges. It's, it's forcing ministries and pastors and leaders to innovate. Like you said, Micah, in a time that's, uh, uh, we've never seen anything like it before. So it's in a way, obviously it's the, as far as the health stuff, it's very scary and the jobs in, <laughs> in for ministry. I, I think as a pastor, there's never been a greater opportunity for us to lean in to the mm -hmm. lives of those right. people, even people that maybe are, were on the fringes of our ministry to be able to lean in, to love people. Like you said, Josiah, to pray with people before yeah. um, I've had opportunities to pray with people that man, we've never had an opportunity to do that before. <laughs> because of the openness of the situation. 
Well, and something that I've adopted as a saying, just because we live in Minnesota and in the winter, I use the saying, I said, well, it might be cold on the outside, but I'm warm on the inside. <laughs> and what I've switched it to now during COVID-19 is, hey, things might look bleak on the outside. It might be negative outside, but I'm going to keep my joy and I'm going to be positive on the inside. Yep, good. And I think that for us who lead communities, who offer hope, who lead pastorally, what an amazing time to, to, like you said, Brent, to lean in because we're ministers and we have the gospel. We have hope and community has become a, a commodity that people are craving mm -hmm. right now. And so I love what you did is you thought beyond just graduation day that is a loss. And how could that be maybe a long-term gain to have, hey, welcome back to yeah. homecoming and we're going to pivot this loss and we're going to turn it into a win for the kingdom of God. It might be negative on the outside, but we're going to be positive on the inside. So, I mean, Brent, we're talking to, who are we talking to right now? It's interns, it's small group leaders, it's pastors, it's young adult ministry leaders. And there's 707 right now in the Facebook community, which is amazing. There's a few hundred on Instagram that follow along the young adults today movement and we just gathered at the Mall of America with 50 to 60 right before COVID-19. Fantastic event, by the way. And it was so amazing. But that's who we're talking to right now is college pastors, ministry leaders. And Brent, talk to them for a second. What advice would you have for a college pastor, for a young adult ministry leader who might be at a standstill right now with their ministry or with connectivity with their church, with students, with young adults? Yeah, it's interesting because if you think of it from a church perspective, um, a lot of churches weren't that weren't set up for live streaming have adapted quickly totally. to understand that we physically can't meet. We have to pivot. I think of the Friends episode where they're moving the couch up the stairs. Pivot, pivot. pivot. Yes. <laughs> I say that I keep thinking of uh, Ross. Um, Ross. Pivot. Pivot. <laughs> That's Josiah's least favorite character, by the way. <laughs> The show would not be the same without him. I'll just say no, that. Hey, <laughs> Craig Rochelle, if you're listening, I think you sound a little bit like Ross sometimes. Your passion. <laughs> so, hey, Craig, love you. You version. Life Church. <sighs> he now um, loves Ross. <laughs> um, I think. I think just for us, it's it's an opportunity. Like if we were, if we considered ourselves on an island, we we have to find the mainland. We have to be finding like. Like there's, there are resources out there, but the, I think the Facebook group for young adult, young adults that today is a fantastic resource as a Chi Alpha pastor, the Chi Alpha USA. I see posts frequently that I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, that's a really good idea. And that would actually fit our context really well. And so I think in addition to innovating on our own, I think if we have the opportunity to glean from other people who are maybe in a similar context or maybe in a, an entirely different context that we can learn from right now and say, hey, how did you do that? How did you live stream and simulcast to five platforms at once? What, what program are you using? Or hey, yep. you're doing this, this really cool way of, of interacting with people. How can we learn from that? What are you doing? Right now, not only are people looking for those ideas, but people are open to sharing those ideas more than ever before in the ministry world. And one of the things that we're, that we're doing is we use GroupMe, like I said, for our just daily communication with our students. And I just said, hey, if, would it be helpful to you guys just like this, uh, this question if you uh, think this would be helpful, but if we put out a specific 
SOAP plan, Bible reading plan for this time. And a whole bunch of people liked the post. So I said, okay, great. I'm going to create a separate chat for this. And it's just called Kai Alpha SOAP 2020. Mm -hmm. So every day I am hearing what God is speaking to our students and to our team and to our staff and our leaders. And my faith is encouraged just reading their soap, what God is doing in them. And I get to share mine every day. And so there's a good accountability there, but there's also this free flow of ideas and like, yeah, I just really believe God is saying this. And so uh, I think that there are, there are so many gold nuggets that are out there and they're not all going to fit every context, but if we can lean into those community places like Facebook groups or places like young adults that today where we can like learn from other leaders who are doing it. Cause we're all, we're all trying to innovate right now. Yes. I just think we're so much stronger together than we are on the Island alone. Right. I think of just um, expanding the horizons, you know, like I feel like that's our opportunity to expand the horizons of students of how to hear the voice of God. How do you, how do I start a devotional? What does that mean? So, yeah. you know, how do I apply that to my daily life? as well as the churches, you know, like how do we broaden our horizons of the church that's like, we don't have the ability to do that, but we have four days to figure it out before Sunday comes, you know? And, but also the people who have been there, like you said, they are willing to share and they are willing to link arms. And I think that's the beautiful part that I just kind of step back and look at of like, God is doing a new thing totally. and he's causing the church to be the church, not siloed individuals out for themselves or maybe, you know, unwilling to share um, approaches or how we do things, but really softening the hearts of many individuals as a whole. And I think that's awesome to see and to look at and to recognize that we're all on the same team. Yes. And we're really seeing the team come together, even if we are wearing different jerseys, even if we're on different coasts, you know, and everything in between. So I think for me, that's super fun to continue to pray into, okay, Lord, what do you want to do to the Big C Church during this yeah. time? And yeah. how can we bind together truly around the heart and the will of God during this time and encourage our congregations and our students and yeah, just to hear from them. So because to echo what you just said, Micah, I think that there are those moments where we hit cruise control and things are looking okay. And then there's those come to Jesus moments where we depend on him like we've never depended on him before. Mm -hmm. And to be desperate before the Lord, to be dependent on the anchor of our soul, yeah. I think is exactly where actually Jesus comes alive most in our, in our lives, in our hearts, in our faith, right. in our ministry, mm -hmm. in our leadership is when we're most dependent and desperate for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm actually reading this book um, by Dr. Cindy Trim and she talks about resting on the 13th day in this 40 day soul fast. And she said, a body that isn't rested demands to be heard ego craving or ego craves greater power and increasing passions and appetites begin to rule the soul. The demands of work in the world system can be oppressive and enslave you by all types of bondage. And I just, I'm just thinking of that of like, you know, how do we truly rest as a church, but keep going as a church? How do we rest as a people during this time, but continue lean into what God has? And I think Jesus says it perfectly you want to read Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And he just expounds in that. Like, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burdened? Um, are you burned out from religion? Come to me, you know? So I just feel like we're all having a come to Jesus moment, no matter how far, no matter how close, no matter what our role is to truly recognize, like apart from him, we can't do nothing. We can't do anything. Yeah. And 
I don't know. I think it's a be- we're a beautiful mess in his eyes. That's just what I come down to. <laughs> so, Brent, I want you and then Micah and then myself to just talk personally for a second. How have you not gone stir crazy at home? Because you're working remotely from home. You're serving students from afar. You're blessing the community. We'll talk more about that later. Mm-hmm. You're still preparing for 30 for Freedom, this event in May and this movement, and you're raising three kids, you're spending time with your wife. How have you balanced it all and remained sane? <laughs> well, the, the jury's out on that, Josiah. <laughs> um, I think there are certain, um, I don't know, disciplines, I guess, is probably the, the best word I can think of right now. Um, I, I have to get up early in the morning and just get, get alone with the Lord. And uh, I'm doing my own soap Bible reading plan but then I'm also doing the Chi Alpha one that we're doing with our students. So just immersing in the word and in prayer and like, man, I have had more and then my phone's blown up with prayer requests. I'm just like, Hey, if you need, like I did a live, the live stream video thing with uh, our church and said, Hey, if there's any way we can pray for you, just let me know, send us a message. And like, man, the, the messages just flood in of people that are hurting. Yep. And so there's always a lot to talk to the Lord about. And so that is in the morning. If I can start my day that way, it changes everything. Um, also, I try to get away for an hour every day and go on a run or a bike ride and just get out of the house. And I know that, and we're okay with that in Minnesota, even with the social distancing, even with the shelter in place order, right. um, the, our governor has said, Hey, you, you can go walk, you can go run, cool. you can be outside, just continue to keep your distance from people. So I think those two practices, and then I do intermittent fasting, which just in the nutrition side. One of my uh, one of my friends said, you know, have you gained the freshman fifteen in college, and have you gained the COVID nineteen uh, as far as weight goes in this time period? Because people are way more sedentary. Yep. And uh, he said that it, you know a little bit sarcastically, but I think just keeping the rhythms that keep you healthy normally and make sure that you continue to implement those things as much as possible. The hard thing, I think, the the interesting dichotomy we're seeing right now is there are people that aren't able to work at all. And they're verifying filing for unemployment and thank goodness everything is widening up so that more people can apply for that. The other side is the people that can work from home. They're working more hours. So we're seeing the people that can't work and the people that are working from home working significantly more hours on average. And so ministering to both sides of the spectrum is something we have to keep in mind as leaders as well. But I mean, what are you guys doing in the Canaly home to, I mean, you got baby coming, you got different things happening with ministry, you, you know, you're leading the young adults movement. So what are the Canaly's doing to stay sane in this insane time? Oh man, <clears throat> well, I've gained the COVID 30 and that's also pregnancy. So <laughs> just for the listener, that encourages you. <laughs> uh, I think for me personally, um, I don't know, just kind of like what you said, Brent, like trying to keep a routine. Our church is actually doing the Bible in a year plan. So just kind of reading the Bible through a, a different lens and a new lens during a new time, I think has been refreshing. I'm also doing the 40 day soul fast by Dr. Cindy Trim. And it's great to do up until Easter. And it's just really plucking those things out of me personally of you know, self-reflection and truly yeah. looking at what does the Sabbath mean? What does rest mean? What does activity mean? So to keep my sanity, I'm a very, I'm a creative person and I like hands-on. So if there's anything around the house that I can personally, like, I'm going to go in the garage and rearrange and re-rearrange and <laughs> <laughs> what can I paint, you know? So I think I've been praying for God's creativity during this time. 
of taking advantage of um, content. Yeah. You know, of I've always been one to write my own Bible studies for like the last 10 years, just in my home, you know, that I share each week with um, different groups of girls throughout that time. But just praying into Lord, like, what do you want me to do during this time that I can offer back to your people and to the kingdom? And hmm. so just kind of that self-reflection of what do I have to offer? I mean, Josiah and I were looking even like, let's watch a movie. And we haven't watched a lot of movie or TV together lately, but it's like, you can only watch so many Netflix. You could only look at so like, I'm like, I think we've run out of things. <laughs> so for me personally, just kind of praying um, that God just gives me an outlet in the home mm-hmm. with being pregnant and just kind of being mindful. So I've been focusing on praying over our future child and praying over the process and just really allowing, you know, that fear factor to be removed of all the question marks that can kind of come along with that while, you know, having fun. Cause we had to cancel um, three or four showers for the baby. So it's like, okay, amazing things are coming in. I'm like, okay, I'm going to wash all the baby things and get him in the room. So I think that's been a good distraction just for where I'm at personally, body wise, where we're at family wise. Uh, But spirit wise, I think we just have to keep our spirits up and, hang out in the front yard in the sun if we can and just get that vitamin D and going on, you know, walks or runs or, well, Josiah runs, I can walk. <laughs> on, a, on a vitamin D note, our one of our doctors has a thing up in the changing room at his office and it talks about how, like I take 5,000 international units of vitamin D every day as a supplement, but he says, if you go outside for 10 minutes in the sun, that's the equivalent of 20,000 international units. Amazing. Well, I'm covered then so, for the day. Outside. Like literally if it's sunny out, if you can just get outside and be in the sun for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. it can, it can do so much for your physical health and your mental health. Oh, I can, I concur. Wow. <laughs> what have you been doing, Josiah? You know, I've probably been driving them crazy. So listen, no, she's, <laughs> she's more beautiful than ever. She's, this is so fun. And I'll just say this for me, Brent, I'm a lot like you, like I have established maybe the past 10 days, the best daily routine that I've ever found for myself. Wow. And um, for me, that's getting up, having a coffee, having an orange juice, opening my Bible, doing soap, praying. And then I go for a run every single morning that since this has happened, uh, our gym's closed. The struggle is real, but man, I've been running every morning Mm -hmm. and I listen to a podcast. I just, it gets my faith up. I'm yeah. staying in faith. I'm loving Jesus over here. And, and then I come back and I shower and I get dressed for the day. And that was a, a tip from John Acuff and Ken yeah. Coleman. They're kind of career experts. And they said, if you're working from home, mm. you've got to get dressed for the day. Because they, John Acuff, he's like, by the seventh day, flannel feels like failure. Oh, man. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, and we've been kind of doing a hybrid work from campus, work from home for the past year and a half. And yeah. I found productivity tips, but I'm like, I haven't always gotten dressed like I would if I was going to the office. Right. right. So I'm like, where was that life hack a year and a half ago? <laughs> better, better now than never. And I'll just oh. jump in by saying this, like my prayer for this community of leaders and listeners and learners is this. Andy Stanley tweeted about something that Martin Luther had written during one of the most profound things that Martin Luther ever wrote was during an outbreak 
of the bubonic plane, he was in his hometown in, in Wittenberg, and he had to stay home for a few extra days. And he wrote an astonishing letter to a friend. You could read it on Andy Stanley's Twitter. There's other writers throughout history who've experienced war times, mm-hmm. or they've experienced quarantine. I think of even Paul. Yeah. You know, sometimes during prison or during Mm -hmm. some of his most profound letters were written from isolation. And so my prayer over the young adult leadership community of ministers and leaders is that a new level of dependence on God, desperation, and then a new level of faith and creativity Mm -hmm. would rise. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would say maybe as a challenge to this group. That's good. But Brent, I want to dive into one thing that you did that blessed me just by watching it. You did this on your Facebook and there's a lot of people who are immunocompromised, who, who not only because of the governor and and because we're supposed to be at home under shelter, but there's people who can't get groceries. There's people who can't go to the pharmacy, like their systems are compromised and you have served these people. I watched you post a video and you took a day off from work just to, to serve the community. Can you talk about that? And I watched pastors in Minnesota do the same thing for their communities. And so there is this domino effect, but can you talk about maybe how leaders or those who are listening, maybe we could, maybe we are healthy. Maybe it is safer for us to, to leave and go get somebody groceries rather than somebody who can't. Can you talk about that? Sure. Absolutely. Well, my folks are both immunocompromised and they're both in their, I mean, almost in their seventies and in their seventies. So I think it hits close to home when it's, you know, this kind of virus can take people out mm-hmm. in significant fashion, especially if you're immunocompromised. So the idea of, hey, we're going to go get groceries for someone and we're going to drop them off on the door. They'll have no contact with us. They can sanitize them before they bring them in their house kind of a thing is just real life for so many people. And so I just was like, well, I have a Tuesday that I can just take off of work completely, mm-hmm. just dedicated to helping people who are immunocompromised get stuff. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. Just the, the people that were like, hey, like I was amazed by the number of people that said, Hey, I'm actually feeling really well as also. And I could, I could do that and take a day yeah. off. Praise God, go do it. You know? Um, and so I think, you know, we had a, I have a friend who their son had cancer, like a four-year-old little guy had cancer. Wow. So he's immunocompromised. They just had a baby. So they have a three or four month old. So there's obviously two very, very young people that are, have been through a lot. Um, his wife is recovering from, you know, being a young mom and all the whole, uh, pregnancy process and then he works in a hospital and so he's got to come home and he's got on I me mean, i mean they have to sanitize everything every day and they're like we we literally don't have enough clorox wipes and we don't have enough paper towels and i was like well we're going to do something about that mm-hmm. so i just put it as a face facebook i made it made their the need known I shared their context of their story without sharing their names and you would not believe the response of people and i'm not talking about just from minnesota i have a friend from texas who's shipping stuff up here to bring to them wow friends that were like, Hey, I don't know them, but I, I, I want to help that said, Hey, here's a meal. Here's cleaner. Here's all of our paper towels. Hey, here's Clorox wipes. Hey, I've got a three pack. If you can swing by my house, pick it up, you can bring it over there on your Tuesday. And like the response was overwhelming. Another family that had cancer, uh, they were just getting through some of their cancer stuff in their, in their sixties. 
um, they need a toilet paper and sweet mercy. People are panic buying toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And you, I've been to like, I'm not joking, dozens of places looking for toilet paper. And it's so hard to find. I found it at one store and there was, I got the last pack. Yeah. So they're like, we just need toilet paper. So I made their need known just using the platform of social media. And dude, people were just bringing toilet paper to their house and bringing a meal to their house. Wow. And so I just think as, you know, as leaders, we have to be careful because we do have a platform of influence in some mm -hmm. way to be able to steward that well, to help people that need it. And there was another one, and I know you guys are in not exactly the same situation, but someone had a baby shower canceled. And she's like, I don't, we don't, I don't have enough stuff for my, my, my son who's coming. Mm -hmm. So I just, uh, there's a great church called Zoe Church. And they said, hey, we're going to make one of a Facebook group for this time called Zoe Cares. And you can post church needs or needs that you know of in this group. And someone added me to the group. I don't attend that church. It's a great church. I'm actually wearing their shirt right now. <laughs> I love that their church. You had the honor of speaking there recently. And I just said, hey, there's a young lady I know who's pregnant and her baby shower was canceled. She doesn't have enough stuff. And I am, I've never seen one single post blow up like that. Wow. All of these amazing families that said, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this. And I'm getting messages from her, the, the pregnant girl, this pregnant girl, um, not married. And she's just like, like, where are the, where is this coming from? You know, because people are just sending boxes of stuff. Amazing. They don't know her, but yeah. this is the time where we can just say, Hey, there are needs. And I think when it, when it comes to, it's scary financially right now, yes. right. It's scary economically right now, like don't even look at your investment portfolio, sweet mercy, right? <laughs> um, it's scary right now with uncertainty of jobs and everything. And I think it's so easy to turn inward in a time like this. But I think doing something like dedicating a day to helping those people that are really like the most at risk people, it helps us to turn our eyes off of our own situation, our own struggles onto the people that we could be literally be hope in the darkness for, for them. And so even last night, just challenging our students to be hope in the darkness for other people, like the friends of the paralytic man who brought their friend to Jesus and got him through the roof and Jesus healed yeah. him and gave his sins. So I just think that this unprecedented time of need is also an unprecedented time for the church to be the church and to express the love of Christ in a way that we haven't been able to before in this time right. period. That's so good. Brent, we know that your family is one that sees a need and obviously wants to help meet that need. And your wife is definitely one of those people too. And um, with her experience and what she has her master's in and just her education that he, she has, um, we know that she put an amazing post together of sharing how do you share with your family how do you you know share with your kids how do you process this um i don't know quarantine or whatever verbiage you want to use there can you just share a little bit a couple maybe a couple highlights for the listener today we'll put them in the show notes for the totally. listener as well but can you share what aliza had posted sure. of how to potentially approach this in a healthy way um, for a family yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, she's, a, again, a professional counselor, and she just said, hey, these are just from a counselor's perspective, because she works with families, and I think all of us that have kids in the home right now are like, how do we, how do we help our kids understand what's mm -hmm. happening without freaking them out, yep. and how do we best navigate that? So there, she said there's two ditches we can fall in on either side. We can act like nothing's happening and avoid the subject and dodge questions, and that's not helpful. The other ditch we can fall into is letting fear and media fill our home. Right. And our kids become freaked out and they don't know how to process it at whatever developmental level they're at. So her post is from March 15th. It's a public post. And I think it'll be in the show notes, like they said. Yep. Um, but she basically, the idea is to help engage them and tell them the story of what's going on at an appropriate level and then help them as an, not just a one-time talk, 
but as an ongoing discussion about the story that's unfolding as they can process a story. They, they get stories from their children's books. They get stories from the yeah. shows that they watch. They get stories from if they go to church, like they're hearing in their classes or in kids' church, in the nursery even, they're hearing these stories. And so to help them understand and process it at a level where it makes sense for them, um, so helpful. And she, she writes, she's a great writer, an eloquent writer. And just, um, she, so that's the, yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. But, um, and then also to address kind of as a parent or as a person trying to lead through this, like to make sure that you're taking care of you, because just like in an airplane, if the little oxygen mask comes down, they always say, make sure you put yours on first yep. and then, you know, and then help other people. So anyway, it's a great post. It's from March 15th and, um, it'll be in the show notes there. Yeah. We'd love to share that. Yeah, it will. And you know, <clears throat> I'm just going to pause and just shout out a few people who have been interacting with us on Instagram. We posted a question, what comments or questions, ideas do you have to minister during this time? And um, youngish, great ministry in Wisconsin, they, they messaged in, they said, for now, we're setting up group text to stay in touch with our young adult community. Um, Sarah said, simply texting students to check up on them and encourage them. Mike from North Dakota, he said, we have a plan in place with, to meet with our leaders on Zoom. Somebody else said, um, Zoom calls, one-on-one -on -one FaceTime, and live streaming Wednesdays uh, services. And I look at Randy Jumper, shout out to Randy, has 20 years of experience in young adult mm -hmm. ministry. He said something on our Facebook group, Young Adult Ministry Leaders. He said, right now, people over programs. And I think just putting people ahead of programs yeah. and, and reach out to Randy if you have questions. Another guy, college minister in California, Paul, he has a whole online small group discipleship mm. platform that they have 73 leaders. Each are going to host a watch party on Facebook to invite potentially hundreds of students who've never heard the gospel. And so we're praying for, for you, Paul, as you launch that and, I just love seeing the group. Um, lots of comments. I've watched our group of young adult ministry leaders actually rise up with ideas and coming together like I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. So Great. thanks for that. We're inspired by that. And Brent or Micah, maybe Micah first, any books, prayers, Bible verses, or encouragement that you could offer to leaders to check out during this time? Oh man, I think the opportunities are endless to speak into that. Um, like I said, one book that I've really been focusing on is The 40-Day Soul Fast by Dr. Cindy Trim, and it's actually the, your journey to authentic living. And um, just for me, I'm, I've just been praying over the leaders that God, my prayers have been for leaders, that God would give them creativity. He would give them the strength and the ability to reach people like they've never been able to reach people before, and that they would utilize and leverage the platform that God has asked them to steward um, for his kingdom and for his glory and not their own. So I guess um, my biggest prayer is that we wouldn't let fear dictate our future and we wouldn't yeah. let fear dictate our faith and that we would remain um, solely rooted in uh, the word of God and in our devotions and in our quiet time. And we were talking with students and this just encouraged me. One student, he had said, he goes, I am praying like I've never prayed before. And to wow. see a 19-year-old recognize that he's going to um, enroll in the military, hopefully still in the fall or oh, however that process takes place. But he's like, I'm praying like I've never prayed before. 
And I think that's an opportunity for us too. And I think, um, yeah, just encouraging pastors to <clears throat> look at the positives instead of the negatives. Look at what God's doing versus what the enemy is wanting us to see. And I, I was, uh, I have to find, give me my phone. Yeah. I had a friend text me. I was, I always learned that fear is putting faith in the enemy and worry is wasted prayer. And my friend Deborah texted me and she's like, Micah, I just want to share something with you that I feel like God really just laid on my heart when I was thinking about, you know, the, the conference that you guys just had and just thinking about, you know, that, that thing that you always say about fear and faith and all those different things. And here's what she says, Micah, I was just listening to a message last night and they were talking about fear and faith. And I thought about you, fear is putting faith in the enemy and worry is wasted prayer. She goes, which is so good. Then I was sharing that with somebody this morning and I felt like the Lord expanded a little further to say this, fear is putting faith in the enemy, but faith puts fear in the enemy. Wow. And I'm just like, Dang, like that is so good. So it's like when we live out our faith, and that's kind of one of my biggest prayers, and it's one of my gifts um, is faith. But we have the ability as a believer to have the faith that puts the fear back in the enemy. And I guess that's how I would encourage um, what I would leave um, leaders with just to not be discouraged and just really utilize what God has given you because I feel like he's, I feel like God is stripping every leader of all of our securities away <laughs> and bringing us back down to like a raw insecure leader who has to hold on to the Lord, you know, for dear life. And um, I've been learning about Sabbath with that 40 day soul fast book. And I just want to share one uh, quote that she says in here. And this has really just resonated with me. And I've been praying this over the churches, the students, pretty much the nation and also the world. Cause I feel like, God has brought us to a place to get on our knees yeah. and unify with one another with a world Sabbath. Whether you believe in God, whether you don't believe in God, it's almost like a, it's a forced sabbatical that we all need to step away from. And I remember Josiah was like, Micah, this is like two days ago, Micah, it feels so freeing just to be kind of like forced to just relax. And I go, well, in a small town, North Dakota, we call that Sunday because everything's <laughs> closed. <laughs> and he's like, oh, <laughs> but Things have changed, obviously. Uh, but Dr. Sydney Trim writes this. She says, the Sabbath provides access to the inner rhythm of creation itself, where the soul can be weaned from the world's control and mentored by God. It is time to be your true self, not a role you play. And I just think of the church, like we do play a role, but that's not who we are. You know, it's a part of who we are and what we do, but it's not the end all be all. And I just love that part where she um, talks about it's our soul being weaned away from the world's control and mentored by God. So I guess I've just been really holding on to and focusing on that prayer for others to know that we still need to get the work done, but recognizing that this is a great opportunity to pray like we've never prayed before. So yeah. I don't know if that helps you. Well, and Brent, is there, like, I think that's just so, so good. Brent, is there anything you'd add to that? Or how, how would you maybe encourage leaders in this time? Yeah, I think in a time that's uncertain, um, with no sports on, right? Sometimes we can escape by watching sports or engaging in things. So this is, might be, you gave a very good answer, amazing answer from a very spiritual perspective. So I'm going to go on the other end of it, not yeah, like non-spiritual, but like 
Um, I think there are certain things that are still going, things that are still happening right now that can like, like I listened to a sportscaster and he has a podcast, a daily podcast. And like all the other podcasts are stopped right now. They're not meeting, they're not doing their daily shows, but he's doing his show still. And everyone who comes on as a guest says, Hey, we, I just want to say thanks for like keeping some semblance of normalcy in life mm. because you're still producing your show. And it looks different and it's not on TV, but it's on radio and podcasts. But I think for me, even having the daily rhythm of like, Hey, I'm going to go on a ride and listen to a podcast. I, I listen to you guys on Monday, every Monday. Um, and then listening to different sermons and stuff like that. But for me, it's nice to have that option. Like, Hey, there's a, there's a daily regular thing that I can continue to engage in that continues to keep some semblance of normalcy in life. And I think that we need that as leaders for stability. I love it. I love it. You know, and we want to hear from you guys as listeners, as learners and leaders, and we want to flip the script and learn from you. So how I would close this is if you found this helpful, let us know because we might do another one like this Mm. off script have a Corona conversation, have a COVID conversation. And um, we want to hear ideas. What's working for you during this time? If you'd message us, Mike or Josiah, message Brent. If you would, send us a DM uh, at Young Adults Today. There's ways on our website. You could go to youngadults.today and fill out a, a note there and, and get a hold of us that way. I'll just close by saying this to end on a super practical note. We listed ideas, Brent talked about texts. He talked about doing calls, group me, um, live stream watch parties, Instagram live. Zoom might be the young adult pastor's best friend during mm-hmm. the next few weeks. Seriously. And, and also, I'll just add one last practical idea. version, the Bible app, has plans that you can invite friends to, and you could daily do a seven-day mm-hmm. devotional and to, to gather together to keep each other accountable. But That's how we want to end is just by offering encouragement to you, offer practical resources. Brent, thanks so much for joining us in our first ever coronavirus conversation on Young Adults today. Yeah, and thank you guys for making space for this and time for this because these are, again, the questions that we're all asking. None of us have all the answers, but I think if we can collectively come together, man, we're stronger together. Until next time, right? Awesome. Let's see you guys. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.